This is Neo420 Talks, the podcast speaking truth against the lies. We want to make sure that you are aware of that content because it is going to really blow your mind as you watch it and as you continue to listen to the talks. But we want to make sure you hear that content, so we're going to play one of them that we recently posted called Selection. Go and check it out when you have a chance, but here's the audio from that that you'll understand most of what's happening. You're not going to know the specific people, but you'll understand the context of this. Very important. Updates from Maricopa County, Arizona. Updates about the voting criminal cabal that is protecting the illegal criminal actions that have been taken in this coup d'etat against we the people of these United States, a constitutional republic for the people, by the people, and a coup d'etat against the free people of the world. From a former federal prosecutor perspective, let me just give you that lens. If we're to believe the reporting that there's eight, not one, eight confidential human sources and possibly even dressed in pro-Trump gear, um, you have to hit a timeout button and say, wait a second. It's not like the FBI found these people and said on January 5th and said, go forth. A confidential human source for the Federal Bureau of Investigation requires a minimum of a six-month onboard vetting process. Then you have to go through the rules and regulations on how to be a confidential human source. And once all of that happens and the FBI does their own internal verification to approve not just your background, but your relationships and your financial stability, and do you have ties to enemies of the United States and things like that, There's an extensive process there. We exposed, we being Devin and I when we ran Russiagate, we exposed Christopher Steele's source verification process at the FBI, which at the time was classified but now has been put out. When the FBI themselves determined Christopher Steele would basically be a terrible source, but they decided to use him anyway because they needed him to cover up their corruption. Now let's relate that to January 6th. How do we have eight people there And Christopher Ray, we'll get to him in a second, refuse to answer questions about it. You have to ask yourself, okay, well, that was in planning for at least a year. What was the FBI doing planning January 6th for a year? Christopher Ray has testified that the FBI never instigated or helped the January 6th protesters commit crimes. Then there was a testimony from the FBI and Christopher Ray about January 6th where he says, We, the FBI, had no evidence that January 6th was going to happen. The two cannot coexist, Jan. You either have eight confidential human sources who have been working for a year and placing them in specific groups and locations for January 6th, or you don't have evidence that January 6th was going to happen. Now we have caught Christopher Ray in yet another lie to Congress because these confidential human sources would have been reporting by mandate and the law to the FBI the entire time they were working in these groups and working with these people and working with individuals that were there on January 6th. You can't just airdrop them in. So when Christopher Ray told the world 
that uh, the FBI had no quality or no verifiable or credible evidence that January 6th was going to happen. That's a complete and total lie because they had placed the FBI confidential human sources there. Now, the millions of questions that follow are, who do they place? Where do they place them? How do they verify them? What do they get paid? And then, why is the FBI lying to the world about their involvement in January 6th? And look, at the end of the day, it could be completely innocent. You have to always keep that, as a former federal prosecutor, you have to always keep that in mind. But their track record suggests strongly the opposite of the individuals we've outlined and how they've used their confidential human source corruption cover-up network to do just that, cover up the FBI and DOJ's own corruption. And if it happens yet again, I don't think that this FBI leadership has the ability to stand up in front of Congress and say, we can continue to lead the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and there needs to be some serious change. even find files that were already given to them by Maricopa County. They can't find the files because they don't know what they're doing. And we wouldn't be asked to do this on-the-job training if qualified auditors had been hired to do this work. I have been accused of deleting entire databases. No, I participated in the transference of all databases to the Senate have seen them with my own eyes, and even though I still have access to the current fully functional voting database. Is it standard practice to delete files off the server after an election? Uh, I would say that it is appropriate to maintain files, and that's exactly what we did. We deleted the... What we did, we deleted... The, the deleted files have been discussed. They were archived. So you admit that you guys did delete, Maricopa County did delete files off the server after the election? That, that, were, that are archived. They didn't have access to those archived files at first. Is that fair to say? They did not subpoena those. That's correct. <laughs> okay, so so you didn't feel obligated to turn that over then to, to them? We, we responded to the subpoena. Mr. Bennett, your response to that? I find it, frankly, laughable to suggest that a county, in response to a subpoena, could say we will delete files from the hard drives and materials that we give to the auditors because we have those files archived on data that we did not give to the auditors when the subpoena said turn over all the records related to the election. So your your Twitter account mentions that the purging of the 2020 election database in the beginning of February is a standard practice. Can you please confirm for me that that's what you do for all elections, after all elections, you, that you do that? I, I cannot confirm that for you today, but we can certainly get you that answer, Congressman. Thank, thank you. Mr. Chairman, can you, can you confirm that today or not? I, I really can't confirm that either today. I, I just know that because there is limited space on these servers, when you have to run another election, then you have to make room for the additional uh, election data. Can you explain to me why data was still present for prior elections uh, on the database in and of itself? Yeah, I, again, I, I don't have an answer to that question, but we'll certainly get you an answer for it, Congressman. I would appreciate it if you would give me that information. And I, I do think that it's important that our recorder has suggested 
that he will be answering every question in a timely fashion. That's that's the same recorder that campaigned that Adrian Fontes was incompetent and called him a criminal. Um, and he was the guy that was running the 2020 election. And that's and you actually hired someone to oversee Mr. Fontes because you guys didn't trust Mr. Fontes as well. Is that the same guy? Steve, is that the same Stephen Richard? Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it that way uh, exactly. did delete, Maricopa County did delete files off the server after the election. So in one Nevada voting facility in Clark County in Las Vegas, there was a live stream from cameras in the facility. It was at night, and the idea was we're going to assure everybody there's no fraud in a famously corrupt county by putting these cameras in and letting everyone watch them. But then the cameras went dark overnight. Backups to the footage have suddenly been released. What is this about exactly? Fox's Trace Gallagher joins us tonight with a report on it. Hey, Trace. Hey, Tucker. The reason Washoe County is now being overly transparent and somewhat defensive is because they realize the votes being counted inside their ballot room could decide who controls the Senate. The county says the ballot room cameras went down at 11.24 p.m. on November 9th, an hour after the staff left the building. The cameras were fixed at 7.53 the next morning, an hour after the staff came back. In total, the cameras were dark for eight and a half hours. Now, we're not drawing up conspiracy theories or saying that during that time, Something nefarious happened inside the ballot room because we don't know. But neither does the county know that something nefarious did not happen inside the ballot room because there is no video. Therefore, no documentation. But to reassure us, Washoe County has now released security footage from the cameras around the ballot room, like the parking garage, the hallway, and the entry doors. They have also checked the staff's security badges to make sure nobody came in or out. And that is reassuring if you believe that somebody with bad intent would walk in through the front door using their security badge. By the way, the county says the cameras went down because they're connected to a computer that intermittently loses connection. So I checked. A ring doorbell camera is 50 bucks at Best Buy and is guaranteed to work in rain, snow, extreme heat or high wind. Again, we're not saying there was any mischief, but when you know America is skeptical of slow ballot counts and bad cameras, maybe in 2024 you kick in the 50 bucks. Trace Gallagher. Speaking of screw-ups, by the way, I called it Clark County, Vegas. It's Washoe County, Reno. And my apologies. Thank you for that. Trace Gallagher. You bet. And just this week, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled in effect that I was 100% right and the 2020 presidential election in Pennsylvania was riddled with ballots that should never have been counted. 
All right, everyone, thank you so much. This concludes the official canvas of the November 8, 2022 general election. And I just want to once again thank the voters of Arizona. Because of your participation, our democratic institutions thrived. Uh, stay engaged and keep voting. Thank you all very much for joining us. Carrie Lake joins us tonight. Carrie Lake, thank you so much for coming on. Did you, I mean, I, I assume you must have suspected something like this was happening. How do you feel now that it's been confirmed? Well, nothing surprises me now, to be honest, but this did, I, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, we saw what happened with Hunter's laptop in 2020. The DNC is behind it. Biden's people are behind it, keeping the narrative away from discussing the disturbing contents of that. So it shouldn't be surprising that states are doing this. And my opponent, who I wanted to recuse herself from the election a year, more than a year ago because of conflict of interest, it wouldn't surprise me if her office was trying to silence people. I mean, we got silenced. At one point, my Twitter page got taken down because they didn't like one of the tweets I put up during the election. It makes me wonder who was behind that. We had to remove a tweet during the election in order to get our ability to communicate with our followers and the people who were supporting us. It is frightening what's happening with Twitter. This is an arm. It's a propaganda arm of our government. And we need to wake up right now. And, and demand that we get some control over what's happening in our government. The FBI, and, you know, we're talking about Twitter tonight. Let's talk Facebook. What about TikTok? This thing is going to go so deep that I think people are going to be shocked when they learn the full extent. I can't wait to hear what they were doing when it comes to censoring us on COVID, when people's lives were at risk, when our children right. were, being, right. were being masked up. Shocking. And with vaccines. Really quick, how can you have a democracy and with in vaccines. a company? In a country where the government is suppressing speech, how can that be a democratic country? I believe it's called fascism, and they're always accusing us of being the fascist one. And, you know, they, they spent three years talking about Russia, 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 the collusion story, and they didn't want to talk about uh, Hunter's laptop. They didn't want to talk about problems with our elections that we discovered in 2020 and we saw repeated in 22. When are we going to have a serious discussion about what's really wrong in this country? We don't have a lot of time left on the clock. And, you know, as Twitter said, what was the what was the fir the, the term they used? We're on it. We're going to get on it right away. Well, we're getting on it in Arizona and the people have had enough. We're sick of, of the uh, Katie Hobbs office and the secretary of state's office and what they've been up to. And we're going to start fighting back and we're going to be drawing up some uh, lawsuits in our election because we won't have elections that are run like the run in third world countries. We have totally too much right. to save in this country to allow our elections to be run that way. Oh, Godspeed. I, I, I think all pe I think I would hope all people would agree with that. Carrie Lake, great to see you tonight. Thank you. The media just gets everything wrong. And every now and again, you can go back and find beautiful moments of the lies being exposed in real time. So here's where I want to give credit where credit is due. You remember Matt Lauer? Matt Lauer was beloved by mainstream media for like 20 years, hosted the Today Show. I guess he ended up harassing a couple women or something. He's gone now. Okay, fine. He was me too is what it is. Uh, but here, he actually did a pretty freaking decent job. This is amazing. So this is video from 2016 with Matt Lauer on the Today Show asking then-Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey if they censor individuals. This is, this is just spectacular. And just watch this, knowing the backdrop of what we have learned over the last couple of days. 
So let me ask you point blank. Does Twitter censor the content of its users? Does it hide what it would consider inflammatory comments, whether they be social or political? Absolutely not. Twitter has always been about controls. People can follow whoever they want. And it's our job to make sure they see the most, the most important things and the, and the things that don't matter to them. So anybody can say anything on Twitter. The company does not go in there and take certain things out that can be dangerous. Well, there's certain there's certainly tweets that promote violence, which is against our terms of service, and uh, people have controls to block and people have controls to mute. But what about the company? Who Not decides the, company. the difference between criticism and hate? These are the these are the individuals. So you can follow who you want, and if it's something you want to see, you continue to follow it. Okay, you really need to understand. I, I think that video is going to be used in a court of law against him and and the company. Not only is he lying there, uh, because he also lies. It's very obvious that he's lying. He's basically saying, we don't do anything. You can decide what to do, meaning you can block, you can mute, you can unfollow somebody. But then he said, and this, and this is the line, if you're, if you're a lawyer interested in First Amendment and any of this stuff, tech, you, this is the line. Our job is they see the most important things. Well, if your job is that they see the most important things, by default, you're ensuring that they won't see other certain things because you're deciding what's most important. When most people got on Twitter, the idea was you are going to follow people and see a purely chronological feed with no manipulation. That's what you will see. But their job became to make sure you see the most important things. You, that these decisions were made appropriately in light of what has come out. Which decisions? By whom? By Twitter. By Twitter on, okay. So, look, we see this as a, a, an interesting or a coincidence, if I may, that, uh, uh, that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Uh, that, is a, that is a full of uh, old news, if you think about it. Um, and uh, at the same time, Twitter is facing very real and very serious questions uh, about the rising volume of anger, hate, and anti-Semitism on their platform and uh, how they're letting it happen. And, uh, you know, the president said last week, more leaders need to speak out and reject this. And uh, it's a very alarming and very dangerous. Good day, brothers and sisters. Hope you're doing well today. I want to always remember God is great each and every day, each and every way. And it's only evil men and women that do the things that are done in this world to our other brothers and sisters. It's not because of God being bad. It's because bad people do bad things. We have to bring them accountable through bringing them to justice holding them accountable for the crimes and they will be punished for all that they've done to our brothers and sisters. We've got a big video channel that has over 200 videos now. And 